foundations of amateur radio. If the thought of keying up a microphone has you break out in a cold sweat, or the notion of making a mistake sends you into fits of anxiety, the idea of performance in public makes your heart pound, this is for you. Amateur radio is a hobby of communication. The lowest barrier to entry is a handheld radio and making voice contacts with the rest of the community. There is an underlying assumption that this is likely to be the most common way that you'll start getting on air and making noise. Of course, you don't have to do that. You could learn Morse code and never have to open your mouth. You could get a license that's permitted to use a digital mode like JT65 or RITI and let your fingers do the talking. Both those options are perfectly valid, and if that's what you need to get on air, be my guest. If you do, however, want to actually get to a point where you can communicate with other amateurs using voice communication, then let's investigate what voice communication actually entails, and what fears might be eating away at your confidence. The most obvious fear, shared by many, if not most amateurs, is the fear of making a mistake. So let's look at that. Apart from blowing up your gear, which won't actually be noticed by anyone but you, those near you and perhaps your bank manager, blowing up your gear is not a high embarrassment experience. Expensive, perhaps, but not so much socially crippling. Unless you tell someone that you did it. Other mistakes might be a little more public. For example, if you're on HF, theoretically the entire planet can hear you, perhaps even those space aliens orbiting the Sun, and in 4.367 years those orbiting Alpha Centauri. So potentially many different individuals and communities can hear you. To counter that, I'd point out that most of those will not actually have the means to hear you, or if they technically do, they're likely to be on a different frequency or otherwise engaged, eating, sleeping, procreating, whatever. The chances that someone actually hears you is very, very low. And if you're on VHF or UHF, the audience drops even further. The potential audience is only really line of sight, unless you happen to activate a tropospheric duct, but then that might only double the potential audience. The actual audience is still a fraction compared to HF. You might be afraid that you'll transmit on the wrong frequency. If you've purchased modern, properly built and configured amateur radio equipment, the chances of transmitting out of band into non-amateur frequencies is very low. If you pay attention to what the dial says, and you have a copy of your band plan at hand, the chances of getting it wrong are even lower. Even so, the band police aren't going to knock on your door within the next 30 seconds. So, take a breath. The next set of fears revolve around saying the wrong thing. If you haven't talked on the radio much, or even at all, you're bound to worry about blurting out the wrong thing and being the biggest embarrassment to the hobby in this and the last century. Getting your call sign wrong is pretty common. If you're just starting out, or even if you're more experienced, writing down the call sign on a piece of paper and having it in front of you when you key your microphone is good planning. For every contest I participate in using anything other than my own call sign, I bring a piece of paper and a thick marker for just that purpose. I can still get it wrong, sometimes I even notice. Then there is the topic of the conversation itself. What do you talk about? How long do you talk? How much should you share? The answer to those questions can be summed up with a simple phrase. Less is more. If you're establishing the actual contacts, a bare minimum is required. You need to first establish that you have their call sign and they have yours. 
Don't do anything until both those have been confirmed. That goes for both day-to-day -day contacts and contest contacts. After that, establish how well they're hearing you and how well you are hearing them. Exchange a signal report. If you're in a contest, you'll include the contest exchange while you're sending a signal report. If you're not sure about anything, you can stop there. If you're doing a contest, that's all that's needed. And unless the other station asks for your dog's name or the weather, you can safely move on to your next contact. Your takeaway from this should be that doing a contest can be a really safe way to start. There is minimal information to exchange, it follows a strict format, and it's generally over before you know it. Working DX, chasing activators in faraway lands, can be your next stepping stone, or joining a net on the local repeater might be how you next cut your teeth. You can create a list of things you've heard other people mention and use it to describe your environment. Nothing wrong with making some notes. Most amateurs perpetually carry around a little notebook to scribble down call signs, so when they're in a group discussion, they can track who's on and who's next. As you can tell, you can make this as simple or complex as you like. You can be afraid of the sky falling in, but then you'd need a druid, a shield and a men here, and if you can swing it, a buddy called Asterisk. Final comment. If all else fails, pretend you're talking to me. I can tell you that I'm happy to make the contact. I'm all ears, and if I hear you, I'll respond. Did I mention that I'm standing on my head and I'm not wearing any clothes? So have at it. What are you afraid of? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo.